that's just that's brutal. Good. That is good. That is oh, good. Well, <laughs> good evening to you, Dennis. Hello. It's yet, a, yet another yet another happy, happy hour, hour together. It's the happiest hour of my day, almost. Almost. You had another happier hour. Yes, I, yes, I spent it with my granddaughter. Well, so that's perfection. That's that is that is lovely. I'm looking forward to having a granddaughter that that is you know it. It's like another person's kid is uh, fun until you want to give it back and then. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever want to give her back. Wow. I just can keep her. Well? I'll be taking them to court about this. It's a child's best interest. I, I <laughs> demand, not... I demand uh, yeah, custody of this child because right. I love it more than you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Well, but, I'm happy yeah, that so... you have happier hours than this because... Yes. Well, because after all, this isn't all this, that great. This, this could get <laughs> we, pretty low. We might we might end up renaming it uh, kind of happy hour or happy sort of sometimes hour or more mon- or less. Mon- mundane three quarters of an hour. Right. Or um, you might get a chuckle out of this, rename it to something like that. And when the answer is no, that's it. Well, that's why we said might. You know, there's, that's why what? That's why we said that you might get a chuckle out of this. It's not oh, a guaranteed chuckle. That's right. This is exactly. a pr- possible chuckle, probable chuckle. But uh, we're not. We're not going to guarantee. Don't overpromise. There's no chuckle Could guarantee. Be. Could be a chuckle here. We can't tell. We don't we're stand by a, a chuckle guarantee. We're too close to it. That's the title. Yes. Maybe a chuckle in here somewhere. We don't know. We're too close to it. That. Huh? That's, that's catchy. That's. Just, Look at the uh, acronym. What does it spell? Calypso. <laughs> Whoa, man. Whoa, man. <laughs> so I had a question for you, a uh, little bit of follow-up. On last episode, you mentioned that you had had a little bit of a fender bender that you had not yet told your wife about. I still haven't. Since she never listens to this program, she may never know. Why, so I looked yeah, at it. She? In fact, it's funny you should say this. It's quite funny because just moments ago as I parked it, as I have been doing, I got out and I looked at the, the part of the back right bumper that's got a crack in it. Mm-hmm. And as I do whenever I see it, there's a little tab that comes out that keeps the bumper closer to the metal, the rubber closer to the metal. So I put it back in. And I do that, um, and so far she hasn't noticed it. But I figure it's one of those things that I've got to find the right time or get caught. <laughs> and or might... or three years from now, when when she says, "Have you noticed this thing?" Then at that point you can just say, well, "Well, she might back into something herself and say, oh, shit.'" Amen. That's right. And there then you go. not tell me about. It. Exactly. Exactly. There you it's go. the mutual uh, marriage of dishonesty. Yes. <laughs> Let's not go. Let's not go overboard here. It's, it's just defender. <laughs> well, you know what is, uh, it, it's you know, a, a lie of omission. Ah, oh, mercy. So winter is here. So you know the story of the wreck, correct? I mean, yes. Man, I'll be bursting tears. So I did the right thing. 
Um, and I don't give a shit about the bumper. I mean, the cars, we'll run it into the ground anyway, like right. we do all of our vehicles. We don't trade them in. We bury them. I end up selling them for junk, get right. 200 bucks for the metal. Yep, yep. I don't know. I don't know. My brother, I told you the story about the million-dollar Ford, right? I have said that to you. No. That he, he inherited. The million-dollar Ford? Yeah. He inherited do, my do, dad's do, truck. Do. A Ford, for, uh, a four-wheel drive, short bed, sidestep, red, fire engine red truck with a towing capacity. And he, we all loved the truck. My dad passed, and he ended up with it. And so year after year, he would just keep it fixed up and keep it fixed up and keep it fixed up until the tail end. He had replaced everything in the truck except for the chassis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we estimated that it cost him over the course of the 25 <laughs> years a million dollars. You know, and he just recently sold it uh, for the chassis for two million. No, <laughs> no I, I'd be surprised if it was three hundred eighty dollars. I don't know. Wow, uh, I may be wrong. Yeah, that 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 goes to this whole. Um, have you heard this um, this philosophical idea that you know, like none of the cells in your body were there when you were when you were ten years younger? And uh, what? Yeah, it's it's something along those lines. I'll look it up and put it in, in the show notes exactly what that what that time period is. But hell, we'll say twenty years. Uh, so it's this sort of question of well, none of you, none of what is there sitting in the chair uh, talking to me is what was there is the same stuff that was there twenty years ago. And this whole idea of, you know, what what are you exactly? How do you define what you are? Because I we know that past. the cells... I am my past mass, my current mass, my future mass. Okay. Period. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so it's very, uh, you know, it's like it's, the self is so much of... It's more of like a story of a history of memories and, you know. It's, a narrative. It's, uh, it's like a podcast. Really. <laughs> it's a collection of stories about mistakes made and laughs. And, re- and redemptions. Well, have we had any redemptions on this podcast yet? I don't think so. Come forward. Step forward now. Closer to the camera? Feel it. Of course, if a minister were to try to put his hand on your forehead as they do to shake the devil out of you, he'd have to fight with your protruded foot. So it would sort of look like he was trying to give your foot up there a high five. Or a pedicure. I wonder. No, I don't know. I think it might be embarrassing for him. He might pass on you because of that. So I had my first ever manicure. Did I tell you about this? Oh my god! When we were in we, we were in Taiwan, and they have these super cheap little manicure pedicure uh, stations, where it's like four dollars or something like that or less. And uh, and so my wife was like, "Hey, let's let's go do that." And I'm like, Psh, "What the hell? I'm up for that." And it was unique. 
I had never done that. Uh, they cut uh, my fingernails way shorter than I ever have, which was kind of awkward. But um, they did that thing. I don't know if you know about you know pushing your cuticles in a way that's supposedly better, and then they chopped a bunch of skin off from my cuticles. It was all very new to me, and uh, yeah, right. It, it didn't right, hurt. Right, I can imagine. But um, it was weird. It was weird. And then we yeah. gave them, you know, four so bucks. Were they and fast? Did they, like, do it real fast? It was pretty quick. Shannon uh, Buff was like a scene in The Wizard of Oz when they were cleaning up the fucking Tin Man, which, by the way, you kind of look a little like him. Cleaning up the fucking Tin up. Man? Ah. They were buff, buffing him up. Buffing the Tin Man. Now, that, that, should, that should be a euphemism for something. <laughs> it already is to you, apparently. <laughs> it's a euphemism. Well... Because they because the youth are talking about it. Youth. How did you see Nancy Pelosi explain to Trump what exculpatory meant? No. On national TV during an interview. No. She said, "Well, if the president has any exculpatory evidence of anything to do with his uh, his innocence, he should send it to me." And she looked she looked right at the camera, and she said, "Mr. President, that means anything that you can do." to make it show that you're innocent. That would be called If the president has something that is exculpatory, Mr. President, that means you have anything that shows your innocence. It was rich. I, it did, was rich. I did not see that. I have been loosely following the impeachment proceedings. Yeah, well, Saturday Night Live does a cold open this past Saturday of... Because I was wondering what they were going to do. People were finding the... Uh, the uh, impeachment hearings exciting enough. So, there, I mean, the, the number of millions, the scores of millions of people that are listening are, are, are astounding, really astounding. Um, to the inquiry, not to our podcast. But, <laughs> we're astoundingly low. The scores of millions. <laughs> right. Anyway, continue. Continue. Um, where was I? Remind the me. SNL. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So, um, so they turned it into a soap opera. And it's like, I can't remember the name of it. Show notes I have it, I'm sure. But it's like impeachment of our lives, like right. a soap opera. And, uh, and uh, Giuliani is played once again by uh, McKibben, who, right. who, who, who makes him look so much like the original Dracula with the long <laughs> fingers, which she says she, she did. That, that when she was talking about the character of Giuliani, she actually started feeling herself act like a bat right? <laughs> and, and, a, and some type of a, and then she thought of Dracula with the, with the long fingers. So she's very, very effective. And it's got a cast of characters. Um, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a chuckler. It's not a, it didn't elicit any guffaws by any stretch, but Saturday Night Live seldom does anymore. Sure, sure. Uh, to me. Um, but and it was it was well done. And how many more people watch that than watch the actual impeachment? Impeachment. So far fewer watch Saturday Night Live. The impeachment inquiry. It must be sustained. Far be far clarified. fewer watch Saturday Night Live. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to do the research on that. I'm not going to do the research on that. Why? That, that it's your fucking not, job. That will not be in the show. I think the things for you to do, and then you do them. That's the way this works. It's in my contract. Oh, okay. Well. So get on it. Your contract is what you have to do. It's not in my contract. 
So. No, but it's a if then or but. If you do, if you do, then I shall. Right. Yeah. That's the way that works. Okay. So. What's new? Where, where, where are you going, Dennis? <laughs> I, I had to get a pillow. I didn't think you'd notice because I never lost my concentration. Yeah. Well. This past weekend, my family and I went to the mall to do some shopping because our eldest kid needs some clothes. And it, um, I was curious how often you find yourself in a shopping situation just sort of in your holding the bags and looking at the ceiling and just bored because your wife is off doing shopping and stuff. Is that a thing that happens to you still or... No, not for thirty years, twenty years anyway. But because yes, at, back, some, back. at some point you put you put your foot down and said, "Look, if you're going shopping, no, uh, my kids moved out." Uh no, yeah, okay, okay, sure, your kids moved out. Right, so because the shopping experience with a family of several children is, of course, the exact thing you're talking about. That's why you have all the packages because you have the children that need some stuff. Right, but. In general, even just out as a couple, sometimes will your wife not spend 30 minutes looking around in a shop? I don't go into stores with my wife, and I haven't for probably a decade. Okay. Because because, because it's just a different schedule. Right. It's just a different pace and a different set of expectations. Mm-hmm. My idea of going shopping is I call, I see if they have it, I park near the door, I stroll into the place, I say, where's this? They tell me, I buy it, I leave, and I'm gone. That is the that is the men's ideal uh, shopping scenario for sure. You've you've reached peak. The pinnacle. Peak dude. Peak. What's that? You've reached peak dude. Peak dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, peak but dude. there's there's this actually there's this um, there's this Instagram account. I think it's Instagram that um, it's it's called Miserable Men, and it's all it's all pictures of men just bored out of their minds in shopping malls, uh, just like just lounging on whatever they can uh-huh. find to sit on and relaxing it, chairs. Right, I used to at least go to the massage chairs and not put any quarters in. Right, but at least it's a great place to sit. Yes, exactly. But yeah. so no I so I was I would lay down on a bench. I would lay down on a bench. I would lay down. I would put bench. the bags all around me. I would use a bag. I would prop up my pillow. Mm-hmm. I would lay vertical in the mall on a bench. Wait, lay vertical? Horizontal, you mean? Oh, wow. You don't lay Good vertical. Catch. Good catch. I mean, no, I did, no, actually, I did slept standing up uh, a couple times. Yeah, they have. The, when you're on that uh, centrifugal force hey, ride, we should yes. patent this a stand that. You can lean on when you're standing up that is built perfectly so that you can fall right asleep and it'll look like you're standing up. We would, what would we get for it? Huh. $29.95. Sell 100,000 of them. Have, you seen, of, have you seen these, this product that is um, 
it's it's something that you attach to the back of your pants or something in such a way that if you go to sit down as if there was a chair there, it like unfolds out to be a little bench that you can sit on. Have you seen this? It's like this it's this always with you bench. And hey, the, it's it, it it's kind of funny, but for sure there are some people with disabilities for whom that is uh, uh-huh. a lifesaver. But um, yeah, I like this uh, this How's it work? leaning. We can we can call it the Tower of Pisa. No. Uh. Who is it? Huh. That is a sexy ringtone. Wow, that was weird. Yeah. It's never, ever happened when we were recording a podcast, ever. Nope. First time for everything. Jeez. <laughs> so, Wait, you're... Hey, hang on a minute. I got I to gotta answer a few emails. <laughs> well... This only, this only take a second. This is the great podcasting material. Dennis, oh. in, our ne- in our next segment, Dennis responds to emails. Not oh, emails hey. that our listeners have sent in. Hey. E- emails some random. Yeah, I know that. I know in some of the things we've done, we have listener comment. Have we had any here? Not, not a lot, and we should encourage that to happen. Uh, you can email us, as I think I say in the outro of, of each of the shows, which, ah, at uh, happyhourdotfm at gmail.com. You can email us, and at this point, we will probably answer your questions on the air, really. Uh, right. and, and if you, if you if you sign Both. up to be a Patreon at patreon.com slash happy hour, then we will for sure answer your questions. No, well, we'll name. Is, what, how many episodes do we name after that level of a donor? Just one episode. Well, uh, so if so if if Don Quixote gives us some money, then we will call our next episode after after his name. Yeah, something. and then yeah. yeah. I don't know about that, but for sure we could we could hook you up in a way that would just make your day, I think, as a listener. Um, but any who... Wow, you're, you're really good at this. I mean, I think everybody who was listening, when they heard you say that, they picked up their cell phone and they called a friend and said, Hey, man, you got to listen to these guys. Hey, this guy, Eric. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, right. And 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 the and those of you that haven't done that yet, what are you he's, waiting for? He's like this call guy your, lives in he lives in Italy. Call your buddy. <laughs> one of them lives in Italy, and the other one in Wisconsin. And, ah, close enough. And you know, they're just the most funnest guys, man. Right, rollicking. Yes. Woo. Seen any movies since The Joker? Oof. No. Oh no, I can't go back to the theater. I'm afraid of having a anxiety attack. Yeah, so I passed the billion dollar mark. I mean, this is like uh, this is an amazing feat by an R-rated uh, uh, movie. Oh, first, uh, I thought you were talking about our did, Patreon there for a second. Did you see Ryan Reynolds' uh, tribute because the movie he was in the whatever the hell it was, was uh, the all-time moneymaker. And when Joker surpassed it, he sent a message. Deadpool? To Yes, Deadpool. So he sent a message to... Uh, Joaquin. Yeah, King, Joaquin Phoenix. And it said, 
Way to go, motherfucker. <laughs> yep. That sounds like right. That it was good. No, I've uh, I've been dealing with the snow. You know, we put up a uh, a, a garage, a tent, which was uh, a, so. A is that going to last for the whole winter, or is it just a temporary thing until you can actually get a real covering? Yes, to both and beyond. I mean, it, it's good for. I wouldn't be surprised if it lasts eight to nine years if I wanted it to. Um, wow, it's, it's a strong structure. The canvas is. You know, as thick as you can get. It's, it's which is not a tarp, as you explicitly right, said poly, in the last episode. It's it's a poly product, but um, it's is as close to canvas tarp that and surpasses it because of its ability to withstand water. Mm-hmm. But it's it's remarkable with its piping and tubing and its connections and its braces and its distancing and how it's structured and you you, you put up five sets of ribs and then you connect the ribs and then you throw this huge uh, plastic poly uh, tarp like thing mm-hmm. over the top and then uh, you secure it all but it's very very strong mm-hmm. very very strong very sturdy my wife in is, this a, is I, this a kit that you bought somewhere yes to- yes it's um, about 400 and 469 dollars comes to mind mm-hmm. so not terrible it took two of us five hours to put it up but okay. we had a smaller one that I didn't secure properly, which I'll never do again, of course. And in a high, high wind situation, as I was traveling to a different state doing my work, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, was, uh, it started to, to rip out of the ground and blow up, upwards into the sky, and, you know, billow. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife saw it and tried to hold it down. And yelled, and her old parents came out. This is about five years ago, so they were only, they were only 82. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my son eventually got out there. But the, the word is is that my wife was hanging on to the pole, and it lifted her right off the ground into the air, and it was a Wizard of Oz moment. <laughs> well, that's dramatic. <laughs> and, and then it all ripped apart and tore apart. And that one was about... And you haven't seen her since. Uh, well... <laughs> I've got her shoes. She had these ruby slippers that right. were remarkable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so this is so I don't make that mistake anymore. I use these uh, tube sandbags to put around the the uh, the base of the structure hmm. because the poles have a leg on them that bend to hold on to the ground. So when you put a fifty pound sandbag on each of those four corners, along with using what I use is uh, uh, a 14, 16-inch st- uh, stakes to drive in all the poles, three three per pole. Mm-hmm. Um, it ain't going anywhere. I learned, learned from that mistake. So that's kind of what I've been doing. So it's a... Huh. They, they, they've recently been in my little village where I live. They started erecting a... a also... Uh, tent-like structure in a, in a big open church square that we have. And I'm always really impressed not more so with the people that with the people that come and build a whole stage with lights and stuff to give a concert that night and then tear it down and it's gone the next day. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm always impressed with the technology behind how we can put up temporary structures so so quickly. 
just rolling out these these um, these long aluminum hollow uh, posts and attaching them to a thing that that has a has a, a hinge where they can pull it up to vertical and just build this structure yep. in you just a couple hours. Just- you just build ribs and then join them together. Yeah, and you're but, done, and then you, you you put on your cover. But it's, I'm I'm so is, amazed as, at the engineering feat that. Well, and and the cost of it, you know, for the kit, for example. Now you're looking at a structure here that's 20 foot long. It's 12 foot wide at its base, and it's nine feet tall at the center. Okay. And because you are required in the setup to measure it both. Uh, uh, vertical and horizontal, or you know, and crossways, mm-hmm. so that it's not just 12 feet across, it's you know, uh, 16 21 feet from corner to corner. So yeah. everything has got to be square. And if it is square, it'll work a whole lot better than if it's not square. But the instructions are clear about what to hand tighten as a nut and what to tighten, or, or by the absence of the hand tighten icon you know to tighten up the nut because some of them you have to put on and take off several times in order to adjust now once you know that and once you've done this a couple of times i've done five of these wow you can you can you can knock it out uh but it's a it's a it's just counting yeah. everything that's there organizing it and then following the instructions but when you're familiar with What's all it? of that yeah yeah so imagine a, a roadie that is going and setting up a stage Every night, and then tearing it down, and then getting a little bit of sleep, and then riding in the in the truck to the next place, and setting up a whole stage again. That's just got to be so second nature. Yeah. Uh, which right. which uh, tab goes in which slot, so to speak? Right, 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 right. Which course takes time to get to that get to that point, but like any 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 job of requires repetition. Uh, it's nothing more than doing it and experiencing it, it'll get you there. I mean, we had a, uh, I worked at a shop back in the day, you can imagine this, that it was uh, one of the oldest uh, machine shops in my hometown. Of, uh, and uh, it was run by giant, a giant generator that was attached to a series of huge uh, pulleys mm-hmm. and uh, like conveyor belt type pulley system on the ceiling and each of the major pulleys that was run had offset pulleys to each machine and so my machine was run through this conveyor system it was remarkable and my job i had two things i had to drill and these were parts for untold objects that i was never quite clear what they were for but one was a um, a, a solid uh, plate of metal that had been forged into a, a uh, like a uh, component for a table, and it had to have a huge hole drilled in the middle of it for the spec. Mm-hmm. So there's a big one of those and a small one of those. It's kind of shaped like a pork chop, but it was obviously a part for a for a machine. And one drill took four minutes to go through, and one drill took two minutes. Because back in the day with a conveyor belt system, you know, I mean, it wasn't like today. I mean, that should be done like in a split second today, mm-hmm. but back then. So I could read a book and got to the point 
where I never really had to think about when I needed to put the book down and change the part, mm -hmm. which ended up being, if it worked well, every two minutes, because right. one was four, one was two, whatever. Yep. And you couldn't afford to miss a pace or they'd be offset, right? So I would get... So to this took, day, Dennis knows how to took, read a book 10, for two minutes. It took 10 seconds, right, uh -huh. to move the parts, let's say, 10 seconds. And so out of every two minutes, I only had to work 10 seconds. Well, that's efficient. <laughs> this whole getting better at, at your job with repetition is, uh, you know, it makes sense. But, you know, we're at episode... 33 now and we still don't really know what the hell we're doing well it's clear you don't i'm pretty clear what my job is you T telling uh, telling stories about back in the I old don't, days well. <laughs> when i was a boy yeah, was, the was machines were in, slower was back in 1959 the machines I, were so I, slow i was i was a small boy in short pants and and, and i remember Standing in the front yard, grabbing a hole in my dick. And the picture Whoa. was taken. It was Easter Sunday, and to this day, the picture gets a lot of laughs in the family. Alrighty. Well, there's an image for everyone listening. Enjoy that. We, Dennis, in short shorts. Short pants. Short pants. You know, in Britain, pants are underwear. You really? Have say, you have to say trousers. Trousers. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's stupid. That's stupid. Yeah, they always get a they always get a laugh, as they say, when uh, when Americans are talking about uh, I put on my pants or right. I got ketchup on my pants or. You know, that's a, that's an American <laughs> sentence if you ever if you ever heard one. <laughs> I got ketchup on my pants. <laughs> and of course, oh mercy! To them, that's that's funny. Oh mercy! So uh, the Joker's uh, issues about a sequel, you know, are uh, certainly in the works. There was so much footage that they could not use because it was too crazy. Huh. It was too crazy to risk an R rating. And it was worse than an R rating. Crazy disturbing. Because, because it was disturbing. Wow. Have you have you seen it yet? Not yet. Oh, then I won't. Uh, no spoilers here. Yeah, don't. I mean, you're there's, disturbing. Once you see it, there's a few scenes I want to talk to you about. Um, okay. But anyway, that's that's for another time. <clears throat> so yeah, so I've got the uh, I've got the, the the ten up, and and my wife, of course, was abhorred by the idea, just abhorred by the idea of of putting up, uh, you know, a hillbilly, what she would call it, a hillbilly tent, um, you know, on the side of our new property. But I had, of course, as you know, uh, put in a driveway. And Does she spend a lot of time abhorred? <laughs> well, no. Not, not to my knowledge. <laughs> I didn't pay a whole lot of time to it myself, frankly, because I got all this work done so I could put this up. And I need to know, for for the best reason, you put up a temporary garage so that you can gauge where do you exactly want the permanent building and how big do you want it to be 
and what you're going to what your design going to look like based on what is of course a standard set of expectations of 20 by 12 by 9 in terms of the that's standard the, the footage well uh, they they may have created that standard so, so this is a if it's really under $500 that's a very very cheap uh oh yeah it's trial garage well and, and, and yes yeah, and do you have do you do you foresee, you know, what if this is, doesn't seem like a good place? Maybe I'll move it over to the other side of the house. No, I, I already know it's a great place, and and it was well it was well designed conceptually to begin with. Well, that's for, that's because you're a genius with <laughs> with these things, you know. Well, I mean, thank God, thank God, somebody recognizes it and says that with no sarcasm like, whatsoever. Oh. Da Vinci's not gonna not gonna put the nose on the wrong no. side of the face. No, I mean. No. That's, so the, that's what Picasso's I, for. Here is the point of, I, I knew that I wanted it somewhere in, in proximity of this large bush that's there. And the question was, how, where exactly in this, where this large bush, in the, big, in, in the side of the bush, near the road, the middle of the bush, or the back of the bush, all which would be a five-foot difference in where the garage is placed. Wow. So it's a big deal. Bush proximity. Yes. The pro- well, as we call it, in the trade, the proximity of push. Of bush or of push? Push. 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 Where are you going to push the garage in reference to, to the, the bush. bush? So it's both the push and it's about a bush. Okay. You've got a bush, you're in the bush. In the bowl, out of the bowl. Okay. Well. Fish on, fish off. Did hey, speaking, ever... of, speaking of pushing bush... It's, oh dear! Excuse me. Uh, that was not. That did not there. stop Don't it. Did we discuss that uh, Dick Cheney movie? Oh, since you've seen it, <laughs> yeah. Because you saw it on the plane. Yeah, I saw it on the plane. That, uh, uh, what an amazing movie that was, with what's his face that gained so much weight to be in that movie. Oh, oh my God! Yes, yes. Dick Cheney movie. Yeah, the, the movie was called Vice. Starring Christian Bale, and Amy Adams did a fantastic job. As really, so there are so many good characters. How'd you like uh, W's portrayal? Well, I, uh... I love I love Sam Rockwell. He is. If I had to list favorite actors, he would be up there. Uh, right. Whenever I whenever I see that he's in a film, I'm like, okay, I'm this is worth two hours of my time. Uh, and he did a pretty darn good job. It's. Because, you know, a decade has passed since I really laid eyes on any video footage of of the person he was uh, portraying. It, um, it, it, I didn't. I, it wasn't like a like a like if someone is someone is doing an an impression of someone that you know and see every day, then you're going to yeah, yeah, say, yeah. "Well, that doesn't look like that person at all." But having it be in the past and just memory, he certainly. Um, Sparked yeah. the recognition of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so uh, Josh Brolin was starred in W. I remember that. Yes, and 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 and, and was remarkable. And um, I couldn't help but compare Rockwell. And so, mm-hmm. because of the physical resemblance of of Brolin, of uh, what did I say? His name was Josh. Uh, Josh, yeah. Josh Brolin. Um, mm-hmm. That um, and he got W's quirkiness much yes. much much 
much different than salmon. I don't want to say better, but it, that, that's the way I feel about it. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. But um, and that was uh, uh, remarkable. And Cheney there was played by Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> and he uh, uh, gained some weight and did did a remarkable job. And the tension between the two of them felt uh, much more realistic than uh, what we saw uh, between D- uh, Rockwell's W and uh, Vices uh, and, 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 Ch- and Christian uh, Christian Bale's uh, his, his portrayal. Um, but but the, but I've never I've, I've seldom seen anybody channel as well as he did. Well, and I was also impressed with how the makeup department turned Steve Carell into Rumsfeld. Uh, like, at first, young Rumsfeld, I didn't know young Rumsfeld. I, don't re- I uh-huh, couldn't really uh-huh. compare. I did. But, I do. I did. It was but, very good. But the, very good. But the old Rumsfeld, it was just, it stopped being Steve Carell, which is, yeah. you know, what you want to do as an actor. But, wow, that was a, uh, that was very impressive. And I, I also liked, I liked the way it wasn't, always a shit on Cheney piece like the the uh Adam McKay the writer and director uh did a did a great job of pointing out look uh Cheney chose supporting his gay daughter over over gaining the oval office basically like it, yeah. he he put family first and that was a good thing and then at the very very end where where the Dick Cheney character uh breaks the fourth wall and talks talks directly to you and says look you might disapprove of the stuff that I've done but have there been any more 911s okay you're welcome uh that that was sort of pro Cheney in a way that um that was Interesting to me. Like I like I like how gray the whole thing was. Well, th- there was also a, a joyous uh, moments in Cheney's life as he was able to work his way out of lower 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 economic strata uh, yes. into better paying jobs. And when he finally got a, a, a job with a, a desk and an office, he was yes he was thrilled and and you and and he really wanted uh, to do well and to strive and. Um, it is. It, it was complex. Um, yes, I, I like how it, it wasn't so two dimensional. It wasn't. It wasn't like a caricature in any way, nor a you know. Uh, now you remember uh, the the Sarah Palin movie where um, who was it? Uh, Julia, Sarah Palin uh, movie. Yeah, it was uh, the in SNL. It was Tina Fey that played Sarah Palin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fantastic the movie. There's a movie in, in the movie. It was Julianne Moore, and. Um, you know Schmidt, her campaign advisor, who you see on uh, MSNBC all the time. You know this guy's a Republican strategist. He is played by Woody Harrelson in the movie, and um, it's 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 remarkable. I forgot that there was that Julianne Moore did a. Oh, it was did a Palin. It, it, it wasn't Tina Fey comic perfection. It was acting perfection. Game Change is the name of the movie. Game 2000, Change. 2012. It's and a, John McCain is a played movie. by uh, Ed Harris. Harris. Ed Harris. And it's it's fabulously cast. I think I've seen this. But yes. Brutally, Julian, brutally honest. 
But anyway, we were Ron Livingston. Wow, we were yeah. talking about um, Vice, and it's a similar kind of vein. Uh, and you know, the the quintessential uh, look at that level of politics is um, the Watergate um, movie. Uh, movie called uh, uh they yeah da, da, da. dustin robert, hoffman robert redford robert redford all the president's men all the president's men mm-hmm. and there's a great documentary out about the making of that movie with these guys some years ago um talking about uh the the real life people talking about the movie being made so you sat through an interview of those two reporters Mm-hmm. Um, in their in their late seventies, whatever, or early eighties, maybe. Um, so a big debate tonight. Well, hold on. While, while you mentioned Nixon, uh, I saw. Well, you sent me one of the political cartoons that you sent me the other day that I really loved was um, uh, if Fox News existed in nineteen seventy three, where it's it's Nixon saying mm, it was perfect. It was the best, most historic burglary ever. And then someone else on the screen saying, plus Americans really should focus on the dirt that you found on your opponents. Uh, just so, so great. Yeah. Today's, uh, today's testimony was, was riveting. I've seen a lot of it because I'm working out of my dining room when the, the TV's in the, in the next room with, the, with French doors that open. It's a large set, so mm-hmm. I get to uh, hear and, and while I'm working. The kitchen's pretty much open to that area, too. Um, but uh, it's fascinating, and it, the spin of it is amazing. I mean, here, here Sandberg, who heard, who, who put this all together very well, said it was very clear, used the term quid pro quo, said it was clear what was expected, and and he said that it all was understood, and Giuliani was the one that was pulling all the strings. There was no doubt, and everybody knew about it, and um, and. Somebody says, did the president ever say exactly to you that he had to have this, this, or that? And he said, no, he never said those words to me. And, um, and, and of course, they can't get Giuliani. It looks like they're Bolton's out of reach. They certainly aren't going to get Trump. There's a whole bunch of Mick Mulvaney won't, won't, his court process won't conclude in anywhere time to... Right. to get this question answered. It's all delayed tactics, very effective. Um, and Trump, but, and, 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 but, but at the same time, this guy says, he said, look, it was a quid pro quo, the, his words. Everybody knew about it, everybody. And in this email, you can see that I write everybody. And, the, and, and did anyone write you back and say, what are you talking about? And he said, of course not, because everyone knew. There wasn't a back channel. It was the channel, and Ambassador Volker was all part of that, and it was doing what the president wanted to be done. And half a dozen people being so concerned about what they saw, they either whistle blew or went to the lawyers and reported it. And, and the Republicans are trying to say now, but he never did it. He didn't get away with it. There was no investigation. He got the, he got the security aid. So no harm, no foul. It's like, hey, you know, you tried to shoot that guy on Fifth Avenue, but you missed him. Right. And he's a little rattled up. And you killed but, another guy, but no, well, you, you missed the guy you, know, you were that's shooting conjecture. at. Right. We don't know. 
that's under review. But you know, and so it's, this whole... there's no such there's no such thing as conspiracy to commit a bribe or a conspiracy to commit a felony. There's no such thing as that. Oh, 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 well, yes, there is. In, or, in order to in order to commit conspiracy, you have to have a sense of right and wrong, such that you know that you need to hide some actions. So, because you know that they are wrong and that they. Like, yeah. if you don't hide anything, then there's no conspiracy. And if there's no conspiracy, then there's no crime, is what the Republicans are going for. So, it's like, uh, it doesn't make sense. Where are we headed? It makes a man. Want to tinkle? So, do you have a bell on your bottle opener? The bottle opener is, in fact, a bell. The bottle opener is, in fact, a bell. Okay. The stem of the bell. Am I in dark darkness for you? Am I in pitch black? Who's talking? I can't. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes it hard to open a beer. Uh, quietly. Quietly. Which, why would anyone want? to do anything quietly on a podcast. I don't know. Ding. So I think from now on, yes, based on your, what you're saying and how you're saying it, yes, I will punctuate what you say with a tickle of the bell from now on in okay. all of our podcasts. When I say anything or when I say something particularly mm, stupid or clever, that'll be pretty rare. Okay, well, get that as close to the mic as you can because it's inside our listeners' ears. Wait, it's further away now? Where's it going? Ah, this should be stereo. It should be going from left and right in our in our listeners' ears. But to... you need another mic, Dennis. <laughs> you need another mic in your studio. So I happened upon four mics standing in the back of the fairgrounds where the band was playing in the uh, concession area. And I said, hello, Mike, knowing one of the mics. And he said, hi. And I shook the hands of the other three men there. And they each in turn said their name was Mike, too. And I said, oh, my God, this is Mike Cubed. Oh, my God. Well, it oh would be Mike. actually. It, oh, it Mike. Were there three of them? So it was... Oh, Mike. Odd. (laughs) Odd. Oh, my God. Oh, Mike. Odd, yes. Oh, Mike. Odd. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, Mike cubed, and they all had stories. But I had a a Dennis cubed one night at the local blues club where there were four of us called Dennis. You understand that cubed is to the third, right? Four. No. 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 Cube. Four. Yes. Three is a triangle. Four, <laughs> four is a hyper, Four is a hypercube. Do you know what a hypercube is? Cube. Huh? Do, cube do, you know what a, do you know what a hypercube is? It's a four-dimensional uh, cube. That's what I've got in my head. Yeah. Right. That. I mean, don't we all? Yeah. Well, yeah. 
you. I don't know what you have. Probably spider webs and fucking bones, but uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I want to get into any psychological analysis of what the I'm fuck is saying, inside you. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm just playing four dimensional chess at all times to, <laughs> to know where you're going and how to react when you get there. Right. Yes. It's all an algorithm. What am I going to do sure. when Dennis is ringing the bell? Out in advance. It's an algorithm. Yes. Yeah, that 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 not to uh, not to specifically say my age, but when uh, when I was in college, uh, Al Gore was running for president, and our my computer science teacher had this joke where he said, uh, "What do you call What do you call this?" And he did sort of this awkward dance, and he said, "This is an Al Gore rhythm." <laughs> Ah. Yes. It's not often that you get a person in the spotlight that that like if if Al Gore was a good dancer or you know that or someone with with that sort of charisma, I guess you could also make another joke. But the fact that he was so wooden and well, stodgy. John Spicer took a, a wild ride on the Dance with the Stars, so. We could get Al Gore. Al Gore could do an upbeat dance in the robot uh, fashion, where you know I, I don't know if you dance the robot. I do have for years. I love love to do it every morning. Um, <laughs> I bet you all of your podcasting producer brethren in Brooklyn get up every morning and they all do the robot dance. It's, it's sort of this yoga. It's a it's a yoga robot uh, <laughs> scenario. <laughs> Where we... A Tai Chi. <laughs> a rope. <laughs> well. So, uh, that's, that's the thing. Doing the robot. Well, my friend, it's hard to believe that a, another hour has escaped us. But it has. And uh, I don't know, as usual, I have no memory or recollection of anything that's been said. So, it's ever, if it's ever ever claimed I can I have deniability yes I, I also did we talk about movies or something I don't know but if people want to give us some love they can go to patreon.com slash happy hour and if you send us messages there we will answer you if you want to know about Dennis's bell or his tent garage thing oh, it's, it's or, fascinating I mean or, I'm sure I'm sure we'll just get tons of mail I know so Dennis <laughs> tell me about your tent <laughs> why why is it only 12 feet uh, wide yeah so everyone can go there and until next time goodbye and good night what was the uh, what was the the thing that uh, Cronkite said? He said, um, "Good, Good night, Irene." <laughs> Wait, Welcome you're not my wife, you. Irene. I don't know. There, no, there was a there was some um, "Good night and good luck" or some sign off. No. Uh, Dan Rather was courage. No. Yes. Well, okay, fine, but that's not the one I'm talking about. Wow. Good night. You're not the only one talking here, so you know. So we're we're done with that. Oh, you gotta look it up. It's uh, Edward R. Murrow.
Oh. Good, good night and good luck, which was the name yeah, of a... you said Walter Concrete. That's even a good question as well. Concrete, yes. Con- it was... <laughs> Who is it? What? You said Concrete. Uh, as opposed to Cronkite. Uh, it was Edward R. Murrow. But what did Walter Cronkite say when he signed off? Well, look it up. Well, the famous thing is good night and good luck. God damn. Well, but you you said Cronkite, Walter so now I Cron- want to know about him. Kite. You brought it up, bitch. Hold on. I don't. He might never say anything. He just might just be like, "See y'all later." <laughs> good night what? and good day. Okay. Well, his final sign-off line was, "And that's the way it is." Yes. Which I think. It's just perfect. As he tapped his papers on his desk. Yes. And that's the way it is. And that be that. Okay. I will see you next week. Okay. Done. If you've enjoyed what you just heard, you can support us by telling a friend or sharing us on social media. Monthly donations to help us pay for hosting and editing can be provided at patreon.com slash happy hour. That's all one word, happy hour. All our episodes, including show notes for each episode, are available on our website, happyhour.fm. You can tweet at us at happyhour.fm. That's with a dot spelled out, happyhour.dotfm. Or we can receive email at the same name, happyhour.dotfm at gmail.com. It would also be great if you could give us a positive rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps other people find us. See you next week.